Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our two podcast partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are two great organizations that you should be a part of. That's the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. Now let's have a quick word from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of our podcast. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to find out about their platform. At our schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for coaches, for teachers, for kids, and for parents. And the information that came back was almost always positive, but Surveys also allow that squeaky wheel parent to vent, and sometimes they'll share a small issue that you can address and keep it from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their uh, uh, variety of surveys along with their testimonials. You know, if you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack at athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, but they are so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication with parents. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that you need to do. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports, and over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes perform better. As a head football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to Huddle.com, and you're going to find tools to help your teams and your athletes play better. Huddle provides a professional grade solution to the challenges you face. And if you go to huddle.com, you can join the 6 million users that are using Huddle to help their teams play better. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to huddle.com to get started. We also want to thank Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Use our podcast code, ADPOD10, and get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom-branded content for your school's social media channel. We also want to thank Snap Mobile for their support. Go to onsnap.com, that's onsnap.com, and check out their entire suite of apps designed to help you do your job better. 
SnapRaise is their fundraising platform. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was just fantastic. You can raise thousands of dollars, and they even have a program where you can get your money before you even start your fundraiser. SnapSpend is their money management platform. SnapStore allows you to order custom spirit gear and team gear for your program. SnapConnect is their multilingual family engagement platform. And SnapManage uh, will help you design an entire website. It's all there at onsnap.com. That's onsnap.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com, and they will show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, your school plays and concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards for all your sports, as well as your Hall of Fame, Go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com and check out their collection of interactive touchscreen video consoles and their library of templates. They're going to help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com or email them at sales at VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. That's VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. And we want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. You've heard me say that we have a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. Uh, of course, we use it for home games, but we'll use it for pep rallies, for signing days. It's tremendously versatile and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales.sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going all the way out to California today, and our guest is Sheila Pauley. She is the athletic director and the chair of the PE department at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles, California. So, Sheila, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. Well, uh, you and I connected, uh, I think, on LinkedIn a while back. Uh, you know, you had a post. I thought it was pretty cool. Thought you'd be a great guest for our listeners. And uh, and here we are for our listeners. We're actually recording this on Friday, November 17th. So the first time you hear it, uh, it's it's the next day. So this is almost uh, uh, as close to live as we've ever gotten. So, <laughs> Sheila, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So 
give us that uh, quick bio, where you were born, you know, where you grew up and went to schools, any sports background. Maybe take us up to the college years, and then we'll uh, talk about your uh, career as an AD. Okay, sounds great. I was uh, I grew up in Audubon, Pennsylvania, a, a long way from Los Angeles, California. Yeah. <laughs> and I I grew up playing volleyball, basketball, and softball. played played those sports through uh, through middle school, grade school, middle school. And then when I got to high school, I went to a public uh, school in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, Methacton High School. They didn't have volleyball at that time, back in the day, a long time ago. Uh, so I really focused on basketball and softball. And when I wrapped up my high school career, I went to a small women's college in Pennsylvania, uh, Maculata College. Okay. It was women's at the time, now co-ed, but it, it was women, an all-women's college when I went there. Played basketball, had a great experience there, um, received Several accolades, thousand point score was a uh, all American honorable mention uh, my senior year there. And when when my season was senior season was wrapping up, I was offered a, a contract to play in Italy. And honestly, I was my playing days were over. I I was burned out a, quite a bit. So and I was excited to get into the coaching aspect of it. So I, I turned that down and and uh, went into the coaching coaching world at that point. Wow. Uh, I, I always uh, say with very little seriousness that uh, injuries and a lack of talent uh, kept me from playing uh, professional football. Uh, that must have been pretty cool, though, to, uh, you know, have that opportunity, you know, to be offered that contract. Uh, you know, that had to be a little bit exciting for you. It was. And honestly, Jake, I told very few people about it because I already had in my mind that I was I was going to be an assistant coach at Immaculata. I had already made those arrangements. So and I've been battling some injuries my last year of playing. So, it, you know, it certainly was an honor to be offered that opportunity. But like I said, I, I already had my mind made up that I wanted to get in, involved in coaching. Right. You know, uh, we've had a number of guests on that have shared, you know, their experiences um, as far as this is the 50th anniversary year of of Title IX. So um, can you share a little bit maybe and, and this? I, I know I told you I wouldn't surprise you with the question, but uh, I'm surprising you with a question um, from when you were at Immaculata and it was all girls. Uh, I know it was, you know, back in the day to a degree. But, uh, you know, it, it was just girls. You guys were the show. Um, after the university, you know, became co-ed, um, was there any, you know, uh, I'll go extreme, you know, did the, the men's program suddenly, you know, outshine the women as far as, you know, funding or anything like that? You know, what's your perception of when that change occurred? You know, I, I followed it from a distance because I was no longer involved at the at the college. But I think they've done a really good job of managing that because that could have been pretty tricky to navigate. Um, but, it, you know, from my perspective, it certainly looks like they've done a, a very good job of balancing when they started the uh, men's programs at Immaculata. What was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting you in that time machine. You know, what was it like when you all were traveling to a game? 
um, you know, the, the, the mode of travel, the accommodations, you know, the meals, you know, uh, you know, share a little bit about that experience. <laughs> it was a lot different back then than it is now. That's for sure. We would travel to our games. I mean, we certainly took a few trips that involved air travel, but most of our trips were coaches driving fans to get to our games. Uh, you know, sometimes buses, but mostly it was mostly coaches driving the vans. And we certainly had a good time on those trips, but a um, lot different back then than it is now. Oh, no, absolutely. I remember driving those vans, uh, you know, when I was a, a young college coach. Let's go and uh, talk about the career. You already mentioned that you right out of college, you knew that you wanted to be a coach. Let's jump forward. What uh, what steps or, or what events led to your, um, as I like to say, going to the other side of the desk, uh, moving from coaching to becoming an athletic administrator? Well, when I graduated from college, I was working full time in mutual funds. I actually spent 13 years working um, for a mutual fund company. But while I was doing that, I was always coaching part time. So I did, um, and that was, like I said, 13 years in mutual funds. I was coaching. I went back and forth between a few colleges as an assistant basketball coach. I went to the middle school level, high school level, um, and, and youth program. You know, I, I started to coach my children's teams as well. Um, and then when I took the, when I stepped away from the mutual fund company, I was coaching at an independent uh, girls' school. And they asked me, I was coaching basketball and softball, actually, and the athletic director left and they asked me if I would consider applying for the position. So talked it over with the family and decided to throw my my hat in the ring. And I did not get the position, uh, went through the interview process. It was a great experience, certainly a learning experience. But I, I was, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed when I didn't didn't get the position even though it was something I had never considered before being asked. Um, so I stayed on as, as a coach the following year and that athletic director that they had hired left um, after a year. So they then asked me to step in as the interim for a year. And I thought, okay, this is a great way to test it out to see if it's something I am going to enjoy. Um, so I did that for a year and, and, ended up applying for the job. And I'll be honest, um, about partway through that year, going through the interview process, dealing with some of the um, parents at the time, I I thought twice, I thought about withdrawing from the <laughs> my application from the process, but I, I stuck with it. I, you know, was offered the position and then, you know, spent a number of years at, at the school at Agnes Irwin. And it, it was just a great it was a great opportunity and I'm so glad I did it. It was the first few years I coached and was athletic director. Right. And I realized very quickly that that was a challenge that I felt like I wasn't giving all the teams, um, you know, my attention that they deserved. And I didn't want the basketball team. I didn't want it, the perception to be the basketball team was getting all the attention because I was coaching that. So I stepped away from that. Um, my daughter was also on the team, so that was helpful to step away and not coach her anymore. Um, so I spent, I don't remember how many years I spent at Agnes Irwin. And then I went to another uh, girl's school in Philadelphia, the Springside School. 
which now has merged with Chestnut Hill Academy. So it's Springside Chestnut Hill Academy now, but it was all girls when I was there. I spent four years there as athletic director. And then Agnes Irwin at the time was building um, a new athletic facility. I had done the needs assessment when I was there previously and they put the project on hold. Well, then they started it when I was at Springside the athletic director left and um, a few people asked asked me to consider coming back to Agnes Irwin. And I, I did because I really wanted to see that project through. Uh, so I did go back again. Great, great experience working at Agnes Irwin and, and opening a new athletic facility. That was really exciting. And then an opportunity opened up in Los Angeles. So I considered I considered applying for it. And, and here I am, I'm in my sixth year out here in Los Angeles. My husband and I wonder what took us so long to, to make the move. And, and, and we're certainly enjoying the weather here in Los Angeles. Well, uh, that's quite a jump. And uh, we're going to take a little deeper dive into that move. Uh, but first, let's take a break. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Sheila Pauley. She's the athletic director and the PE department head at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles. So uh, please stay with us. We'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com and they will show you how to set up and sell your tickets online and how to scan your attendees and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, your school plays and concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. You've heard me mention that we've got a Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. Uh, of course, we use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to our visit with Sheila Pauley. She's the athletic director at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles. Sheila, uh, when we took our break, you mentioned that, uh, you know, after, you know, being born and, and growing up, going to school, you know, everything in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, you made the decision to move cross country to take the position at the Marlboro School. What about it, um, you know, um, made you want to make that move? Because that's a big move. Yeah, Jake, it is. It was a, it was a big move. Um Honestly, the head of the school at the time was one of my mentors. I had the opportunity to work for her in Philadelphia and was really excited about the, the opportunity to work for her again. Um, so that was probably the main draw for me. 
And then when I visited and interviewed and saw the beautiful campus, met some of the uh, students and student athletes, you know, all, my my entire career as an athletic director has been in, in uh, girls' schools, and I just I just saw it as another great opportunity. And you know, my husband and I were at a point in our life where you know our children were grown out of college, so we were in a position where we could consider making a move like this. Yeah. Um, and that's just a perfect uh, transition to our next segment where we ask you to share some more about your mentors. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, none of us get to where we're at on our own. Uh, we've got those people helping us. The expression I use is I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, share some of the voices that you might still hear. <laughs> well, the first one is definitely my father's. Um, he just had an incredible work ethic and was a a great, both of my parents, great mentors, um, but his work ethic, I definitely um, got my work ethic from him and, uh, you know, wish he was still around for me to bounce some ideas off of, off of him. Um, but in, in addition to him, I would say every head of school I've, I've had the opportunity to work for has just been a, a great mentor for me. I still reach out to them going to have lunch with one of them this afternoon. Um, you know, I just think it's it's great to keep those connections so that you can, you know, pick their brain and and bounce ideas off of them. Um, same thing with my husband. I mean, I, I without his support, I don't, I could never have done this job as an athletic director. But he's also just a great mentor for me. Again, I love to bounce ideas off of him. He certainly is not afraid to tell me like, I, I don't think that's a good idea, the path you're headed down. Um, so certainly him. And like I said, you know, the heads of school I've worked for at Agnes Irwin Springside, um, you know, we have a new head of school here at Marlboro and, you know, getting to know her and, and I'm sure she's going to be a great mentor for me as well, as well as the other colleagues I've worked with in in administration I, I love to just keep those connections and like I said I just I'm really big on bouncing ideas off of off of my mentors and you know co current colleagues former colleagues just to to get their thoughts on things oh no absolutely uh, and it's great that you've got those mentors many of them you know still in your life that you can reach out to um we are very close to the national conference uh the NIAAA's uh conference in nashville uh you and i were talking during the break and you know you're you're planning on attending what are some of the things you're looking forward to um you know we have a lot of younger ad's that listen to the podcast and uh if they can make their way to the conference you know it's just can be so overwhelming so what are some of the things that you are looking forward to or that you might recommend uh for say a younger ad or an older ad I, I personally, I try to attend as many of the workshops as possible. And, you know, a lot of times I think those are, um, I, I should say, I feel like a lot of times ADs don't sign up for those workshops because they think they already know that whatever the topic is, I don't know that you need to go because there's always good reminders and good takeaways. I go to, like I said, I go to as many of them as I can and any of the um, networking opportunities that the conference offers, I, I get so much out of those. Again, I just love talking to people and picking their brain about, you know, how they handle different things, whether it's, you know, workshops for captains or hiring coaches, coaching uh, handbooks, things like that. I just love, you know, whether you're going to a happy hour to 
to pick other people's brains and meet, meet other athletic directors that have the same struggles that, you know, that I'm having. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, you know, I, I would probably get scolded if I didn't mention, I was on certification committee, the national committee for like nine years. And so obviously the LTIs and the certification, that's important, but uh, you're absolutely right. The workshops are so valuable and the, the presenters are great. The information's great, but it's that uh, connection to that person sitting right next to you or in front of you, you know, Hey, I see you're from Texas or wherever you're from. Uh, and the, the social uh, gatherings, uh, I, I love the way you call it networking, uh, <laughs> you know, where you're just sitting at a table with five or six other athletic directors, you know, Hey, you know, what do you do with this topic? Or have you ever had to deal with that? Um, We've got a great friend uh, who uh, will say, if you call an athletic director on the phone and say, how's it going? And if they say, oh, everything's great, you know they're lying uh, <laughs> because there's always something going on. But very, very uh, cool. Uh, we're going to do this later in the podcast. But uh, Sheila, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, find out more about how you do things at Marlboro, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Oh, they can email me at, at Sheila.Pauly at Marlboro. Okay. And Sheila's also uh, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, our guest today is Sheila Pauly. She's the athletic director at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles, uh, also the um, head of the PE department. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to the good folks at Snap Mobile. If you go to onsnap.com, that's onsnap.com, you can check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job easier. SnapRaise is their fundraising platform, and our coaches use SnapRaise with great success, and you can too. They even have an option where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Snap Spend is their secure uh, money management platform. Snap Store allows you to order custom spirit gear and team gear for everybody in your program. Snap Connect is their multilingual family engagement platform. And Snap Manage will help you design an entire website for your athletic department. You can find it all at onsnap.com. That's onsnap.com. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards for all your sports and programs, as well as your Hall of Fame, go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. Their collection of interactive touchscreen video consoles and their library of templates will help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com and let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. You can also email them at sales at VitalSignsWallOfFame.com to get started. That's VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Sheila Pauly, and she's the Athletic Director at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles. Sheila, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is share best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. 
what are some things that you do at Marlboro? Maybe these are initiatives that have been in place for a long time, or maybe it's something that you help create, but uh, what are some best practices you can share with our listeners? Yeah, there certainly aren't any that I've created. We've just uh, tweaked a little bit along along the way. Um, you know, the the parent communication piece, I think, is so important. So we have all of our coaches at the beginning of the season, and, and I'm sure most most athletic departments do have a, a preseason meeting once the team's selected with the the parents to go over all the expectations, schedules, et cetera. One of the things that we learned um, through the pandemic when, when everything was on Zoom was that we don't necessarily need to do these meetings in person. And especially in, in Los Angeles, you know, attendance, getting attendance in person was a challenge because of the traffic that everyone deals with. So we've started to offer them on Zoom and much better attendance now that we're doing them. But it's, you know, again, it's so important to have these parent meetings and then we have the coaches follow it up in with an email because just like students, parent, adults want um, communication in a variety of ways. So some might want it in person or on Zoom and others might just want to read what those expectations are for the season. So we do have the coaches do it both ways. And again, we keep tweaking it every year, what we include in those meetings, um, when they're offered, et cetera. But um, that's definitely something that, you know, we have found to be very helpful at Marlboro. Um, another thing I would mention is our, again, not nothing different than any other school is doing, but just that constant communication with the faculty to help bridge that gap between the athletics and academic side. We make sure we're communicating every week with what, here's the upcoming schedule, here's their dismissal times, here's the roster, so they have access to, to all the information. Again, we email every week. I don't know that they're reading it, but at least they have access to, to that information. And then we also tied into that communication. When we get into postseason play, almost every night I'm I'm sending an email to them so they know who who's still involved, what like what students they might be missing from class because they won tonight. Now they're gonna, you know, be headed out at noon for another game or tennis match the next day, whatever it is. So I think that that constant communication with the the faculty um, would be another best practice that I would uh, mention. And then finally is the um, leadership development that we're trying to do for our team captains. I will say, I will take a little bit of credit for this. This is not something that was already in place, but we started to do some um, training ourselves with captains once they were named captains. This year we've transitioned. We've um, we're working with a consultant who's coming in, and anyone that wants to be a team captain has to go through this workshop in order to be considered for that leadership position. And it's really about developing the team culture and giving them the tools that they need in their toolbox to to be successful as team captains. So I'm I'm really excited that we've started this this year. We had the coaches go through it in the summer. And like I said, we're having, it's it's in a requirement. Everyone's all willing to, you know, it's open to anyone, whether they really want to be a captain or not. But if they want to be a captain, it is a requirement that they go through this workshop. And, uh, you know, I just have seen it 
just with the fall teams, those student athletes that went through the workshop, you could really see, start to see a shift in their team culture with what they've learned. So I'm excited to continue with that. We'll have our next one um, in December, right around the corner. Well, great, great ideas. And you mentioned uh, a couple of times, you would say, like everyone else does. Well, uh, I think, you know, everyone else, which we, you and I know, it's not everyone, but everyone else, they use that because it is a best practice. And for the ones who are not using it, you know, this hopefully is that gentle nudge to, hey, these are best practices. That's why right. we're sharing them. So very cool stuff. And again, you know, uh, the, the communication aspect, you know, with your parents, those those preseason meetings, communicating with the faculty, you know, if, if you are listening to this and you're not doing that, okay, I, I'm going to tell you, you need to reach out to Sheila and find out how she does it. So let's do that one more time. Sheila, what's that email address so one of our uh, listeners can get a hold of you? It's Sheila.Polly at Marlboro.org. Okay. Again, Sheila Polly, uh, the athletic director at Marlboro School in Los Angeles. We're going to take another break, but we're going to be coming back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com, tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and use our podcast code ADPOD10, that's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Start creating custom-branded content for your school's social media channel. Go to Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes play better. As a head football coach, I used Huddle for years. As an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to Huddle.com, and you're going to find tools that will help your teams and your athletes play better. Huddle provides a professional grade solution to the challenges that you and your coaches face. And by going to huddle.com, you can start the path of turning your school into a huddle school. Can 6 million users be wrong? Go to huddle.com and turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Sheila, one of our newer talking points, which I actually uh, stole from Jen Brooks and the Global Community of Women, um, we've been asking our our guests, you know, what's something that you have learned from, you know, you're working with student athletes or or from your student athletes? Um, does anything stick out for you over the years? Something that you know has really hit home for you? Sure. Um, well, besides learning how to use social media and TikTok from the, <laughs> from the students, um, you know, I try to spend as much time as I can, which is limited with the, the students and the student athletes, 
you know, because as an administrator, you, you get pulled away and you don't get to interact with them after school like you do as a coach. So I, I try to, you know, chaperone other trips. I've chaperoned a debate trip. I chaperone the our college tour trip because I think it's a great I, great way to connect with those students and learn more about what's going on in their lives. And one of the things, and I don't think it's unique to an independent school, but these students want to do everything. They want to excel at everything. And I think it's our job as the adults in the community is to help guide them and support them as much as we can. And so I'm constantly asking the students like how they're balancing everything and what do they need more from the school to be able to support them in those avenues. You know, we have students that are on a sport, uh, playing a sport, they're doing robotics, they're on the debate team, and they might also be playing on their club team. So, you know, like I said, I'm always asking, trying to pick their brains and what, what do you need from us as the adults in the community? How can we better support you? And it changes every year, <laughs> every year, the information I hear from them. But I, I think, you know, I just, every day I'm learning something from these students and it is because they want to do everything and it's what are their interests and how do we best support them and we certainly learned through the pandemic when we when we started to open things up in California and started to have some sports again we were limited as to how many we could have on campus at any given time so all of our teams were not practicing every day yet we still had success so we learned that you you don't need to practice every day for two hours a day. And when you, you know, you have that and then you're listening, to, hearing from these students, everything that they have on their plates, we've been able to cut back a little bit on our practice time and that frees them up. You know, they're not as stressed, so they're able to enjoy their sport, maybe focus on some of these other extracurricular activities they have. And it's not having a negative impact on the athletic program. But I think without the pandemic and without those conversations with the students, we wouldn't have been able to, to figure that out. Yeah, just a great example of uh, those unintended consequences. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was something as, as a football coach, um, you know, we were a two and a half hour practice team. You know, that was just how we did things. And towards the end of my career, uh, we cut back to our long days were, were two hours and that was just, you know, two days a week. And some of that was classroom, but our, our teams played better. The kids were fresher. The coaches were fresher. You know, it, it was be, becoming that old phrase, don't work harder, you know, work smarter. Uh, <laughs> so uh, right along with, with that. Uh, and I would try to pass that on to my coaches. Oh gosh, you know, we, we got to do that extra time. So great, great point there. Um, what's up? Uh, um, what's another one real quick, uh, that, uh, you can share with our listeners. I that, well, I would say here. something I've learned from the coaches more so than the students. Again, it's tied into what I said earlier that, you know, as an administrator, you lose that connection with the students. So the coaches are always like, you know, teaching me how to um, engage and interact with the students, especially post-pandemic. Um, well, 
where I guess we're still in it, but, um, you know, as we returned to school and returned to some right. normalcy, um, you know, these students dealt with a lot and during the lockdown and the coaches have been really helpful to me and just different ways that they've been able to engage with the students. And that's been helpful for me because again, I don't have that daily interaction with them the way I would like to, but that the coaches do. No, again, it's another great point. And even going back to your first point about the students is for ADs getting out of your office and, you know, creating those opportunities to interact with kids and with your coaches. Um, you know, there's going to be a time where you have to have that tough conversation with a kid or with right. a coach. And if it's just, you know, cold, that's the first time you've ever talked to them. Um, it's, it's not going to be as effective as it might. So uh, again, great, great advice, Sheila, you know, getting out and, and building those connections with your right. kids and, and with your coaches, because they are your kids. They are your coaches. Okay. Right. Right. For our uh, listeners, uh, we are visiting today with Sheila Polly. She's the athletic director at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles. We're going to take another break. I know that's a shock, but uh, we're almost done here. Uh, please stay with us. We're going to be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, but they are so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile apps. Uh, they have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like communication and attendance. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come with your job. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Sheila, uh, you and I were talking during the break, and um, you know you, you brought up a, a very, very um, interesting and I think a very important point. So uh, go ahead and share that with our listeners, please. The, the landscape of high school sports has changed so much over the, the course of the years with specialization, all these club programs, AAU teams, and you don't see as many multi-sport athletes. And that's a challenge for us as athletic directors and certainly at a small independent school. You know, we have 530 students, 7th through 12th grade, and offer 12 sports. So we need to be able to field all of those teams. Um, so try and navigate that specialization, that balance between the, the specialization, because they all think they need to do that in order to get that college scholarship. And again, the multi-sport athletes. So we, one of the things that we've had to do is again, become a little bit more, our coaches have become more flexible with students missing some practices or leaving early so that they can get to their club soccer um, practice, but still play on our lacrosse or track team. Um, so it's, it, that's a tough one for us. I don't know what the answers are. I know a lot of athletic directors are, are battling this. Um, you know, we were fortunate last year at Marlboro that, um, 
I think 64% of our student body played at least one sport and 20% was a multi-sport athlete, which was an increase um, from the pre-pandemic. So I'm hoping that we can continue with that to grow that 20%. But I don't, you know, it's it's conversations that I'm always having with the students that, you know, you, you were on the basketball team last year. Why aren't you coming out this year? And it's it's that pool that they have because they also do club volleyball. Well, how can we figure out to make both work? So, you know, it's been a shift. It's been a mind shift, certainly for me, because it's like you make a commitment to a team, you're there every day. But I don't know that we can continue to be that stringent with our requirements in order to keep these these students involved in the program. Yeah, it it is a challenge. And most of my career, uh, at least the last 20 years in Florida, was at, you know, private schools, probably very similar to, to Marlboro. And that was something that I don't want to say we struggled with it. We, we uh, encouraged, uh, we wanted to strive and and have our kids do the multiple sports doing two sports in the same season. That was a rarity for us, but it did happen. Uh, And again, you have to have those coaches on the same page. Um, You know, we would do things. um, Are are you doing anything um, to acknowledge those multi-sport athletes at the end of the year for our sports awards programs, we would recognize the two sport athletes and we'd get them a little trinket, but for those that had done three sports, uh, we got a sponsor for it, but we, we gave them these real nice warm up jackets, had our school logo on it, had their name on it, three sport athlete. There's a lot of different ways to do things, but uh, are you guys doing anything to recognize those multi-sport athletes? Yes, Jake, we do. We, we do similar. We do gifts at the end of, end of the year, we'll do a, a gift for a two sport athlete. And then it's a, a step up. If the, the gift is a step up, if it's a three sport athlete, we also, um, if we, we just had five, I think it was five student athletes that did two sports during the fall season. So same thing this week, when we did our athletic recognition, we gave those five, a, a, a sweatshirt, you know, Marlboro logo on it. And they will be the only five walking around school yep. with that sweatshirt on. So we on- do, we do those little things to entice. <laughs> and, and those things that work. I, I remember vividly kids coming up to me saying, Hey, I want one of those jackets. I'm going to do, you know, whatever that missing sport was, you know, I'm going to wrestle or I'm going to play soccer next year, uh, whatever they needed to get that third sport, you know, very right. cool. Right. <laughs> this has been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, enjoyed hearing about your story and the, some of the things you do at Marlboro but we're not done yet. Uh, We always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox, which is sponsored by athletic surveys. We're going to take a quick break and hear from athletic surveys. But when we come back, uh, we're going to find out what Sheila Pauly is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thank you to athletic surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. At my schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that would come back was almost always very positive. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little bit. 
And sometimes they'd share a small issue that you could address and keep it from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Sheila Pauley, the athletic director at the Marlboro School in Los Angeles, California. Certainly knows a way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. Sheila, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Jake, it's tough to narrow it down to three. Um, I, my number one would be to, to make sure you're building a strong team within your department. I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have an administrative assistant, uh, an assistant or an associate athletic director, building that strong team is, is just so important. And if you don't have the right people on that team, it's, you have to make some difficult decisions, but it's, it's only going to um, benefit you to make sure you have the right, the right people on that team on the bus, so to speak. Um, and then along with that, you've got to take the time to build the right culture that you want within that team. And we're all so busy that sometimes we don't spend the time. I have done that. I have not taken the time to make sure you build a strong culture within the department. And it, it makes it frustrating in the long run. So it's definitely more beneficial to take the time from the get-go and, and build that culture within your, your department. Um, I would say you got to make sure you have a work-life balance you can't, it's so easy to just work around the clock to get everything done. Um, I, I think it might've been you, Jake, on one of the podcasts that talked about how you would walk in from football practice and turn turn your phone off or not try to have a meal with your family without your phone on you. Like doing little things like that are so important because your phone will, it's nonstop in our jobs. Um, so finding that balance is is really important. I would say those are my top three. I do have two quick other ones, if you'll let me. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's hear them. I would say one of your sponsors, Huddle. We use Huddle. It's great. It's a great tool for the coaches, but it's also a great tool for me as athletic director because you can't get to every game. And I love to, like if I'm catching up on emails at night, I love to put that game on in the background so that I can see some of what I, I missed in, in person. Um, and then obviously just listening to your podcast uh, again, every time you listen, I, you, you walk away with either something new you've learned or again, reminders similar to attending the, the um, NIAAA conference and attending those workshops. You always walk away with something. Wow. I appreciate that shout out. Uh, those are all great uh, tools. Um, and again, no surprise, you know, after listening to you, you know, I, I think it's been a great resource today for our uh, listeners. So if one of our listeners wants to uh, reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, can you give out that email address one more time? Sure. It's Sheila.Pauly at Marlboro.org. 
Well, Sheila, thanks again for spending some time with us. Um, all the best, um, you know, with, uh, you know, we talked about that transition from fall season to winter season, the rest of your school year. And let's definitely make plans to uh, connect to Nashville. Definitely. It sounds great. Thanks for having me, Jake. All right. For our listeners, uh, we do this just about every day. And the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Um, hope everybody enjoys it. If you have suggestions on how we can improve the podcast or if you'd like to be a guest, okay, everybody has a story. Let's hear yours. Uh, you can brag about your school and you can offer some tips to other ADs. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody at the NADC in Nashville. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening to the Educational AD Podcast.